Welcome to episode 18 of the Winner's Circle Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Horth, and today we're joined by Steve Harris to discuss how we can turn our goals into plans. Steve, mate, uh, thanks very much for, for joining us. Episode 18 of, of the podcast. Great to have you here, mate. Thanks for having me, Adam. The um, how's that? What are we today? We're, we're recording this on a Monday, beginning of the week. Today's one on one day for you and your team. Is that right? It is. Yeah, yeah. I, I meet with the team pretty much an hour each on a, on a Monday. So, yep. That's just all, all finished up. Yeah, fantastic, fantastic. We were talking just before we jumped on um, on Mike here that um, a few weeks ago we obviously caught up at the uh, at Winning Ways in Melbourne. You had the entire team there. That's right. How did they um, How did they find Winning Ways? Yeah, good. Look, we've been from Melbourne. We obviously hadn't been to one for a while, so you know, I know we tried last year and we we went on all the um, the Zoom ones you, you guys did and things like that, but it's not quite the same. We, we were stuck at home in Melbourne last year, so yes, Metro yes. Melbourne anyway, any of the agents in metropolitan Melbourne were stuck at home. Um, it's, yeah, it's very, look, it was good being, being watching it on Zoom, but it's not quite the same. You didn't get the, I suppose all the things you, you talk about in the breaks with people from other offices and um, you catch up with what, what they're doing and, and you know, as, as great as you and Adam are, uh, sorry, you and um, Peter are at, at presenting it, you sometimes pick up some great tips in the breaks mm-hmm. from other agents as well, which obviously you're not going to get that on Zoom. So they're the things we, we miss out on. That opportunity to, to network with your peers and everyone else in the uh, in the winner's circle. Yeah, you can even just discuss different ways they handle different different problems. Yeah which I think we get quite interesting. When you're dealing with just your team all the time, well, everyone does it the same way. You don't get any of those outside ideas coming in. So to to have it in person was great. Yeah. And I, I don't want to take the opportunity for a plug, but that that's, that's something I often say about where, where you really get benefit from the hotline is actually it, if you ring the hotline on a problem, you don't have to take the advice, but you often are getting that outside perspective rather than, as you say, just a reinterpretation of what everyone else on your team does. True. Yeah. And look, one thing I'll say about the hotline, and I'm on it a couple of times a year, is that it's, I don't know, it's got less and less calls. So obviously everyone thinks they're a champion at the moment. We've come out of a great market. They don't need any help. Yeah. Um, We'll see how busy it gets soon. Absolutely, but it's a, it's a yes. great resource to have there. It it, it really is. So no, I it is. Um, but it, it, look, it is underutilised, and by our team as well. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I keep trying to push them, but I can go on that one of the thing. If there's leaders listening, there's a hotline log, so you can see who's called. Yeah. Um, and surprise, surprise, we we haven't had any for for a long while. But um, yeah, those that are listening, for God's sake, use it. Stop annoying your leaders. Yeah, um, and get some different answers. There, there's some great people out there on it who will, might might hand you down a totally different path than than what you were thinking. 
Absolutely, absolutely. No, I back in back in the early days of, of my sales career, I can remember it again. Probably not calling it as much as I should, but I remember every time I did call because I was led by by Andrew Trim and, and Jeff was Jeff Cannon was my sales manager. Between those two, there's not much in real estate they don't know. But when you ended up with with a Todd Pierce or a Kate Kilner, like someone else's perspective, yeah. even though they're just telling you something that's probably in the manual anyway. It's saying that you've never tried, you've never used, and it just it really um, can can offer some great successes. Yeah, absolutely, I, I I agree with that. It's just that different perspective on, on on doing it. Might be exactly the same info, but it's presented in a different way. Yes, um, and there's great people on it. Like there's no duds on it, mm. so people should call it. Yeah, and and I think the officers that don't call it the most are the officers that have gone well over the years, and they go, oh, I've got my leader, I've got my sales manager, and I'll just go to them. They're the ones that, that underutilise it more, more than anyone. Yeah. It is obviously part of some office culture and, and not because it, it's often, it's not that you get the same people calling up, but it's you you often do see the same officers calling again and again. So it's something that's, that's within their culture but not all of ours. That That's right, Yeah. Yeah. So no, well, I'm off track there a bit, but yeah, just a, a great, a great opportunity for people. I was going to ask, um, I was going to ask so Steve about winning ways just in the, the discussions in the few days following, was there anything from your team that they, that really stuck out that they seemed to really resonate and get excited about after the, uh, after the seminar? I think, look, and I won't, I won't say this one exactly, Adam, but every time our guys go to one, the enthusiasm goes through through the roof and the results go through the roof. And I would say most leaders are the same just after that, especially that week. The big challenge is to then keep them on track and keep that that going. If we had um, a winning ways every second week, we'd probably get the same results we're, um, we're getting anyway. Yes. We are up and down. But it's that motivation that they walk away with and those things that they should be doing, they know that, that they're not doing or the things they were doing that they go, geez, I've got to get, I've got to start doing that again. Yeah. So it's like a, a re, um, it just, I think it steers everyone, puts them back on track. Do you think it's a, um, a re-enthusiasm about the actions? Like, do you think that's what it is in the, or, or it's, it's more of a refinement of skills and they pick up things that they can go out and get a result with immediately or do you think it's a combination? One of the, one of the two. For, for the older people, it's it's that refinement of skills once again, I, I, I believe. They, they, they know what to do. Most people that have been in real estate more than 18 months know what to do. Yes. They're just not doing it. Mm-hmm. Or they forgot. Yeah. And and most of them, if you speak to them, will say, yeah, they could. There may be two or three things that they're not, they're not doing. And most of it would re- revolve around prospecting, um, Goal setting, those those really basic things at the start, because once that goes, um, the whole thing thing turns to rubbish. Yeah, okay. If the goals aren't there at the start, they then stop prospecting, and then we become really reactive with whatever comes at us. And as a result, the everything else goes down the gurgler as well. So you, everyone's results get lower and lower and lower. Um, so I think it's just that um, time they spend, things like that, yeah, especially when they get people that they're getting their badges. And so I think it fires people, that fires people up um, and they see some of the numbers that, that new people are doing Yeah, and yeah. it's like, wow, I used to be able to do that. Yeah. And that's the thing. Often <laughs> those established salespeople, they do look back at that and go, geez, you know, I was doing 120, 130 sides a year and 
all of a sudden I'm mm. doing 50s, 60s. Like, what have I, you know, where am I at? So, yeah, that, that, yeah. In, would, in, well, that's it. Their, their skills higher than, mm-hmm. than what it was when they were doing 120. Yeah. But their, their actions are probably a third. Yes, right. Yeah. And that's the thing you've still, like, action is still everything. Nothing happens till something moves. So you've got to, yeah. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, good, good stuff. Although um, one of the, it, it segues us into our field challenge, Steve, that I want to throw at you. One of the agents I was, we were able to meet um, for the first time at, um, at Winning Ways, a lady by the name of Nancy Mango, who works down at our Moss Estate Agents. She actually sent him something she was hoping we'd cover in Winning Ways, which, which we obviously did, but I, I felt it was a, a good discussion to throw at you as well. Um, around a bit of a field challenge that she was having and, and sort of explore that a bit in this in this format. But Nancy wrote in to say, look, can can I have some ideas and some perspectives on from moving the prospect call to the to the point of presentation? I'm often often having people cancel meetings or have a change of mind around seeing me. I'm struggling to keep them interested enough to fulfill a presentation instead of them choosing another agent simply due to greater exposure. So I guess what I'm taking from Nancy there is what, what she's struggling with is she's finding the people who are selling, she's identifying them successfully in her prospecting, but for whatever reason, um, she's not able to convert them to listings. But by the sounds of it, her time between prospecting and, and setting the appointment, she's, she's missing some business there. So some perspectives on that from your point of view? Well, there's a couple of things there. If they're selling, yeah, she's missing them. If, if they're she can't make the appointment because they're not selling. Well, they're not selling. So it doesn't matter what you do with people like that. You can talk to them all you want. Yes. Um, I often find people that are new try and get out to see people that aren't selling yet. Yeah. Um, and some of the many of the calls you get on the hotline are around that. So there's no answer to that. There, you can't make make them sell. But I suppose if they are selling and you're not still not being able to get out there, maybe you're misreading the the situation, not asking enough questions, mm-hmm. um, not getting a, a good enough rapport with the people that they, that they want you out. Yes. And then I think our fallback thing as agents is, is to always blame, um, and I hate hearing it, It's we, we always blame our exposure, like the other agents have better exposure than us, all this sort of rubbish, which is absolute garbage um, most of the time. Thank you. It, 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 roll, it really rolls me up. Yeah. Um, what it, and I'm not having a go at her, but but but, but what, I'm, what I'm trying to get at is that, it's got nothing to do with with exposure. That's not why they didn't call you in. They didn't call you in probably because, A, they didn't like you, mm-hmm. B, you didn't ask enough questions, C, um, the other agent uh, followed up with more effectively than what than what you did. So the, the only answer to, to that question is to prospect effectively. And I, I think that the, the more you do that, that comes with practice. Yes. Um, and, and asking the right questions. Once you know the right questions to ask, it does become easier to read between the lines. Are they selling? Aren't they selling? If they are selling, well, you want to try and get out there quick, as quick as you possibly can. I, I, there's nothing worse than, um, and we see it a lot when we get referrals, even from, um, I was having this conversation with one of the guys today, you, you're much better off being the first person out. If you get a referral from one of these um, outside agencies, yes, yes. Um, depends on the stats, but the, I was actually having a look a while ago through um, some really old journals back early 2000 to 2011, and, and then I saw another one in 2018. But the figures were anywhere between 40 to 65% back then. People only called one agent out. Yes. Now, even yeah. if you come from one of those referral-based 
agencies. If you're if you're the first guy out, and I, I, I've got not a bad relationship with the manager of um, local agent finder across Australia. He, he used to be a PR agent back in the day, and and he was telling me the same. They might get four or five agents off their referral base thing, but usually it's the guy that goes out first listed. Yes, okay. Going back to our question, it's important sometimes to be the first person out there because if you're not first out, there are many occasions where they won't call another agent. They're happy with the person that comes out. They go out and do a spend a couple of hours, and a lot of people go, mate, I'm not putting up with any more of this. Um, yeah, the price is okay. Let's sign and get this done. I know I've got three more booked, but I'm not interested in it. Yes. Um, now, when you try to play that game, oh, I think it's better to be last because they're going to want to think about every everything. Um, that, that's where it all comes unstuck. And then you get that call and then you want to blame exposure and whatever else you, you want to roll with at the, at the time. But it's pretty much on most occasions got nothing to do with exposure. It's not why they're, that's just the first thing that comes into their head. Yeah. It's all your competitor will say about you and then therefore the seller thinks that's why I've chosen this other person. So that might be yeah. the reason they actually give them, but it's not the yeah. reason why they actually, yeah. as you say, it's because, yeah, I already had someone out for two hours. I'm not doing this three more times. No, get out quick. Mm, mm. Get out quick and try to be that 40, 60% where they're only going to call one out. Absolutely. And I've always had two two things on that. Number one is if you are the first out, even if they do, which seldom, like they don't always, but in the instances where they do hold their appointments with the other agents, they're comparing everyone to you. So if you yep. take that extra time, you give them more knowledge, better like better information, a better understanding of the process, people are going to walk out and go, well, this guy, she knew, she was nowhere near what Steve went through with us. So the yep. amount of time, like, so there's, there's that is number one. But the other thing about competition is, and I've always spoken to my personal team about this, and this was instilled in me early in my career, the more you prospect for business, the less you compete because oh, that, that's right yeah if you're if you're in the prospecting you're more than likely you will be the only one that's right you're it yeah, yeah there, there's no others but you know even with these ones where you think and this comes back to the the old Brian Tracy's law of expectation yes if you yes. expect that they're going to want to see the other two well that's you're going to get to the end of it and close like a wet flannel so that's just how it how it ends Absolutely. it ends with they want to think about it and you don't close and you walk out and um you give them the opportunity to bring those other two to in but if you go in there with the expectation with i oh, know they said they're getting to it but they're signing with me today yeah um it makes a massive difference you're not going to get them all like you know let's be realistic but having that attitude that they are going to sign with you today and you're the best thing for them mm -hmm. um, will mm -hmm. make a massive difference to your results than going in there thinking it's no different if you take a, an offer around for a buyer and thinking they're never going to take this so tell me they won't take less than 550 and i've only got 540 yes, yes. you're right you're better off not even going they're not going to take it yeah the um and you you will find for salespeople that it hasn't been the case for them. If you are going out and you're competing for a lot of business and you are that first agent in the door and you're not winning a lot of that business, as Steve said, yes, it can be law of expectation, but sometimes it could be your listing presentation is ordinary. Like you need to make sure. Oh, well, that's are, it, yeah. Are you sitting down? Are you using that listing kit? Are you going through? Because it's designed to both educate and close people. So if yeah. you're going out and you're just having, and one of the things I, I hate having a salesperson say to me, and it's a pet peeve of mine at the moment. Oh, we had a great conversation. Well, <laughs> where in the manual does it say have a great conversation? It says have a great presentation. 
but not a great conversation. Mm-hmm. Like, what are you doing? So you've got to, that's an opportunity for you to work on as well. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there are two words you don't want to hear. I suppose as a leader, when they come back, they love me. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, which means I have no paperwork. <laughs> which means you're probably not getting it. That's right. That's right. My only, um, I, and this is a bit of a side note, but I, I always did like it. Someone said to me, if you walk out without it, whoever's door closes first is in mm-hmm. control. So um, if your car door closes yep. before their front door, you're in with yep. a good shot. But if you're walking yep. to the car and they've already closed the door, you are no chance at that. Business. That's right. Yeah. Oh, look, I always felt half okay if they walked me right to the car. Yes, absolutely. Uh, so, yeah. Like, yeah, it's not a listing, but it feels it feels good. So, yes. Yeah, yeah. I felt like it was, I, I was, I was going to get it, but. Even those ones, it's amazing how many times you don't. Yeah, yeah it, they're, the ones that, they're, they're the ones that really hurt when they ring up. Yeah, generally means someone close, close better at the end. That's all. And and see, I love that internal locus of control. You knowing that at the end of the day, you were outperformed. That that's all yep. it was. And if you continually bring that attitude to the table, it keeps you in in the driver's seat with for your results. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Nancy, a couple of things there. I, I hope that just and it's not specifically, and that's not directed direct at you. I mean, a lot of us go through that, Nancy. But hopefully, some some ideas there, especially in getting in early and getting in quickly, makes a huge difference. If you're finding you're having to spend a lot of time trying to keep them interested in holding your meeting for a presentation, I would suspect that too much time or too many other agents are, are in between your phone call and your listing presentation with them. Let's now take the opportunity to have a look at some of our great results from May 2022. So last month was another fantastic month across the group. And let's take the time to look at some some highlights. So starting with our top salespeople in the context of sides for the month of May. And in number three position, we've got Jane Finlay from Page and Pierce Real Estate in Townsville, led by Todd Pierce. Congratulations, Jane. 17 unconditional sides for May. Fantastic stuff. In number two spot, and his first time in the top 24 sides, we've got Ethan Hennessy from Dignam Real Estate in Bulleye, led by Adam McMahon. Congratulations, Ethan, on not only your first time in the top 20, but coming in at the number two position with a total of 20 unconditional sides. Fantastic. Yet in our number one spot, a familiar face, Joshua Schweitzer from Johnson Real Estate at Ipswich, led by myself, Adam Horth. Congratulations, Joshua. 26 unconditional sides just for the month of May. Outstanding effort, mate. Really well done. We also want to take the opportunity to welcome Isabeau Davidson from Peter Lee's Real Estate in Launceston, led by Terry Robinson and Jeremy Karlovsky. Isabeau, congratulations, mate. 14 unconditional sides for May, putting you, as I said, that first time in the top 20. Really well done to you, mate, and to everyone else who made the top 20 for May as well. Staying with our salespeople for the month, let's look at how everyone fared in terms of dollars for the month of May. In the number three position, we've got Monty Bloom from Johnson Real Estate Forest Lake, led by Peter Tran. Congratulations, Monty. A total of $142,143 for the month of May in unconditional gross dollars. Well done, Monty. That's Monty's eighth time in the top 20 in terms of dollars. Fantastic stuff. 
Our number two position, Joshua Schweitzer, once again, from Johnson Real Estate at Ipswich. Joshua, congratulations, mate. $175,763 for the month of May. Great stuff. But in that number one spot, and again, it's his first time in the top 20 in terms of dollars this time, Ethan Hennessy. Congratulations, Ethan. Dignam Real Estate in Bulleye led by Adam McMahon. Ethan did an impressive 179505 unconditional gross dollars for the month of May. Really well done, mate. And what a great way to enter that top 20 list in the number one position. Once again, I also want to welcome Isabo Davidson. It's his first time again in the top 20 in terms of dollars, bringing a total of 83,115. And then in the number 19 position, we've also got Damien Carmody. Damien from Ray, Ray White Real Estate Foster, led by Daniel Cross. Congratulations, Damien. Also Damien's first time in the top 20 with $74,190 for the month. Congratulations to the two of you for your first time in the top 20. And once again, congratulations to all on such a fantastic month. If we move now to our BDM of the month, in our number three position, Monique Inglis. Monique, Ironbridge Real Estate in Christchurch, led by Adam Smith. Monique, an impressive 19 new managements in May. Very, very well done. Hudson Pierce, a name that we're starting to become familiar with. Hudson, congratulations to you once again, mate, in the number two position for May with 21 managements for, for, for the month, led by, of course, Todd Pierce up there at Page and Pierce in Townsville. In the number one spot, Joe Neewand, Smarter Property Management in uh, Southeast Queensland, led by Tracy Lake. Joe, congratulations. 23 managements for the month, putting you in that number one position. Joe, we just want to take uh, a quick moment in the podcast to, to congratulate you on your results. And uh, for the listeners out there, this is actually Joe's last month as a BDM as she progresses into residential real estate sales as of June 2022. So, Joe, a massive congratulations to you for everything you've achieved um, as a BDM in Smarter Property Management. And we wish you all the best in your next endeavor, like the next stage of your career in residential sales there. Very well done. And lastly, I just want to mention our prospectors for the month of May 2022. In the number three position, Jordan Springle Flockhart from Johnson Real Estate at Ipswich, once again, led by myself. Congratulations, Jordan. As a full-time home finder, you created five new listings for the team in May. Great work, mate. Ethan Varfus from Clark Real Estate in Lutwich, led by Mario Latanzi. Congratulations, Ethan. Number, uh, sorry, six listings created by you for the month of May. Very well done. But in the number one spot and his first time in the prospector top 10, Roy Atwee from HT Wills & Co. Real Estate, led by Steve Mashevsky in Hurstville. Roy, congratulations. Nine properties listed from your efforts for the month of May, putting you in that number one spot. And again, first time in the Prospector Top 10. Congratulations, Roy. And also, we just want to make mention of Gemma Dimitriou from Benchmark National in Moorbank, led by Vince Tripodina. Gemma, congratulations to you. Your four listings created from your efforts in the month of May has you in the first time Prospector's Top 10. Very well done. And well done to all of our prospectors for the month of May as well. Everyone, what a, what a fantastic month and uh, continuing to see great results throughout the country.
All right, Steve, so let, let's get into our main topic of the episode. And we, we've titled this episode, Turning Goals into Plans. Uh, mm-hmm. We'll speak at the beginning of the episode about, about winning ways recently, and, and you even mentioned goals. But it, it's obviously, that gives us our, our structure around our why. Why are we in real estate? What are we wanting to get out of it? Yet, it then, if you, if you focus on foundation three, it really is about how you can transform uh your, your goals, what you're wanting to achieve into some practical steps into your targets, et cetera, for each month. Yep. Um, so I, I really want to talk about that with you today in a, in a more practical sense. So again, I, I, I know the listeners, can, can you explain um, just for them listening, because you're the sales manager as opposed to, to um, Michael, who's the leader of the business. Yes. From a planning perspective with your team, how do those two roles differ? What, what's your capacity versus versus Michael's there? As far as the sales team go, I probably handle all the, the sales team as far as the as far as their goals go, as far as their targets go, and as far as their results go. So, so Michael likes to put it like this: when they're going really well, yes, it's, it was Michael, and when they're going down, it's me. <laughs> excellent, excellent. Well, that's yeah. it, mate. That sounds like a fair a fair way of looking at it. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, how are they going at the moment? The second. The second. Okay, well, <laughs> well, geez, mate, Michael mustn't be too happy about that. <laughs> uh, exactly. So, <laughs> so you, you, you handle that conversation because I was, I was wondering, I was wondering if Michael does get into the point of helping them refine their goals and then you help them turn into plan or you're really handling that, that part of the conversation as well, are you? Yeah, look, look yeah, and, and over the years we've, both, we've ch- chopped and changed that, but probably right at the moment, yeah, he can blame me. Mm-hmm. Um, I, honestly, Adam, I think all real estate problems stem from not having goals. Any of the problems, and, 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 you know, not to pick on my team or, you know, because there's a few of them going well there too. I, I, you know, I was only sort of half joking before, but when people aren't going well, whether it be our team or whether it be calls I take on the hotline, they nearly always stem, those problems always stem from not having goals. Mm-hmm. Um, so and my biggest challenge, I suppose, as, as a sales manager is you can lead them down all the right paths you want. You can get them to read Simon Sinek, start with why, whatever you want to do, but if you can't make the goals up from. Yes. And that's that's the problem that, that I have at times is, is try, just trying to get um, them to sort of put some goals on paper more, more than anything. Yeah. Because I, I think without goals... I'm getting off topic here a little bit, but without goals, it's hard to plan. And then we become really reactive to whatever the market's doing. We'll have some good months, we'll have some bad months, and and that and that's sort of how it all rolls through. But but if if I go back to new people, like I think Peter did a um, and he's done it twice. And I reckon the first one was the best one, but it's not an I train. He's done his goal setting. Um, I think the iTrain ones are maybe November 2021 one. Yes, yes. And I reckon he did one in 2020 as well as well and and anyone listening to it and we got well obviously i'm surprised how many new people there are even at winning ways anyone that hasn't listened to that should be on that straight away because that 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 to me is in all of my time in real estate is probably the best thing for a new person studying and even old people that have got off track 
to get them back on on track. So I think it goes for about an hour, somewhere yep. around there. Yeah. Steve, I'll put a I'll put a link I'll put a link to that program in the description of, of the podcast yeah. wherever you listen to it. The listener will be able to click that link and go go check it yeah. out. Yeah, and it's some some of Pete Pete's best work that he talks about some weird shit like running through the forest naked and that. But so <laughs> so you got to bear with him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I had a visual of that. So so if you can get past that bit, just yeah, keep pushing through. Yeah. But it, it's great. It, it really is a great um, thing that, that – um, and he, he breaks it right down okay. from sort of that wish list all, all the way through. But and, and, look, those that have been in it a while, those that um, don't have goals, um, I always thought, you know, cash is always a good one. What is so, sorry? Cash. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's – um, that's always a, the, the one that sort of never really goes out of style, I feel. Mm-hmm. Um, so sometimes you just have to shoot them down there. But, yeah, I, sorry, I, I did get off track a little bit there with with um, goals and how we plan. But the, getting back, what I look at is this with, with their goals, I suppose, is that three things um, when they sort of first come to you. I, I find new people come up with really unrealistic ones right at the start. And most new people, their goals are want to get a, a goal badge. Okay, yeah. yeah so, yeah, well, which I'm okay with that. So if they can't come up with anything else, I'm okay with a goal badge because a goal badge is really easy to plan around. Yes. I, I can work their ratios out. I can work out how many sides they need each month. I can work out what their actions are. And then I can say, if you do all that, this is how much cash you're going to have left at the end. It's, it's, it's pretty. That's the most simplistic one they can, can sort of give you. Um, and it's one that if... Honestly, if you're a new person in real estate and you don't have that, you probably shouldn't be in real estate. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would think. If you're coming into our system and, and you're not prepared to to get to that base level, it's probably not the right job mm-hmm. job for mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. You know, I would say that these days we're, we're looking, we still I say where, you know, if you come to work for Brian Mark Real Estate, you, you're Coming to play AFL, you're not coming to play local local football, right? Yeah, um, and and look at it down in, in that way. But there's, yeah, there, I've always found there's three types of real estate salespeople. There's the the ones that will do it, the ones that won't do it, and the ones that can't do it. And the ones that can't do it, um, they're better off doing something else. Yeah, they really are because it's they're not going to. Um, it's frustrating for them, and it's frustrating for the the, the leaders that that. Uh, employing them yeah um i can so i can really on a personal note steve i can really relate to that um as th- those can't do it it's because they it's not that they can't do it out of um it's not a lack of desire it's not sometimes like a work ethic they're just they're just not programmed for it and again i mean no. I, but one of the things and just, did, seen, our disc profiling hopefully works a lot of that out now i was just about exactly what i was about to, to take you there i i really and again it's just it's it's not just from my experience though in you know I, i'm associated and, and own part of, of seven different agencies but then involved with with everyone in the group across the country it's it's very rare now um to to have someone have taken them through that process and they've not succeeded because they weren't they weren't able yeah. to do the job so that's i right. do think that's done a lot but you're absolutely right you've still got you've still got those who are who can do it but but then just won't absolutely yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so the thing with them is is that i think they they've got to have goals that they really wake them up in the morning um otherwise you've got Salespeople just come to work. Yes. 
and do whatever is spat, spat out at them. And the ones that do uh, don't have goals, so they actually spend the same amount of time at work as the ones that do. Yeah, yeah. They just take longer to do nothing than the ones that do lots. Absolutely. They're, yeah, yeah. busy versus productive. Absolutely. Absolutely. In, in taking that there, sorry, um, in taking that there, though, so it's, it's funny that we've gone off track there, but you're absolutely right. There's, there's no point in having a discussion around turning your goals into plans if they don't have goals to begin with. So they've got to have something, as you say, that, and I think it's an interesting point, but you're right, not having them, you get stuck in this day-to-day just reacting to the market, whereas a goal set in the future, whether it be 12 months or sometimes for those who've been doing a long time, five years, it does put that horizon line way further out so you've just got something else to focus on and and the 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 sale that fell over today or the listing that you didn't get last week is not going to cripple you no no that's exactly right um those that without goals it becomes a big drone they run around the office telling one how how much a bigger drone is it affects their goals it affects the, the whole morale of the whole place when when that happens it stops you getting more listings it stops you making more sales and and not just you but you the guy in the office next year the girl in the office up the up the corridor yeah and becomes very frustrating for for leaders but um yeah getting back to i suppose you want to know how we how we plan it out and things like that so step one adam is i get them to come to you what their what their goals are okay and as i said the, the new people is the is generally easy if they haven't got anything because they all go i've never had anyone that say that i'm going to get a gold badge mm-hmm. yeah. so most most want that now if you're in an office i've found where there's already people doing that there it's very easy for them to get a gold badge or a platinum badge or, or whatever the case may be if you and, I, and i've seen it from both sides so i've brought new people on where the whole office is platinum Yes. And yes. they don't know anything else but to go and get platinum. I've brought new people on where no one's doing those sort of figures and surprise, surprise, and neither do they. Right. Because they are able, they, they, we, we follow what's in front of us. And if the, the um, ceiling is low, well, that tends to be where, where they sit, sit as well. So we're, we're in the middle of changing that. Mm-hmm. Uh, as I said, yeah. I've got a new guy that's just started. It's going to be a superstar. So, it's it's all about um, pushing him to his limits, and, and, and we'll lift the the um, the whole whole place. So he's very easy to. If I go back to him, he's a very easy one to to set down down with. The, he's given me his goals, and we've we've planned it out um, fairly simply what he needs to do. So, for example, he wanted a net bonus of twenty eight thousand a quarter. Yes. Now, for us, twenty eight thousand a quarter is you need twenty four sides. Okay. A quarter, and you get a net bonus. Now, you notice know, so I said net bonus. So I only only like to talk um, in net dollars. So I know I know. Trini mentioned the other day does talk about gross dollars, but my, my thing with them has always been: well, you give me a goals. I, I I'm not an accountant. I don't know. I don't know how much that works out to. So with this with the goals, buddy, which is online and everyone can use. Um, first thing you have to do with your goals is work out a what they are, B, how much they cost, see what your ratios are, and then we can plan the whole thing out with um, how, how much cash you need. Sorry, Steve, those building blocks that you just mentioned there, especially the um, how it relates to, to sides and ratios, do, mm-hmm. you, do you encourage your team 
to go off and work that stuff out on their own? Do you hold their hand with them? Is it different for different individuals? Yeah, look, it's, it, it's different. We've got people here that um, are good with that sort of stuff mm-hmm. um, would have no problems. We, we would, you know, I've got Mark that works in the head. He'd have that worked out in his head before I could punch it through a calculator. Right. Um, but then I've got others here who I spend half a day fixing their computer and their phones and things. So, And if you're the guy fixing it, we're in all sorts of trouble. Yeah. <laughs> all right, fair so, enough. Yeah, fair but, enough. But, but, and look, the end result's the same. It, yes. it's, not a, it's not a hard thing. So I, I don't mind doing that. With the, with the goals, buddy, online, it, it's simplistic. But some people, it's just not their, their goes doing that sort of, yep. that sort of thing. Yeah. Okay. Um, but anyone that doesn't use it is crazy. It's one of the things we've used it here, and and um, Ian got this originally from Ian Elshaw would have got this originally from Michael. Michael Hand did these for years, right? Um, so it's not my go working this out, but I'd get one every year from him, um, in in handwritten every single line. And I, we've been using this with salespeople for years. This is how many sides you need based on this is our selling fee, and you do that, and you're going to get this. Yes. It's as simple as that. Now, Ian's taken it to sort of next level with super and all this extra sort of stuff in it that we didn't have. But, um, yeah, it's these days it's fantastic. For, for any salesperson, it's not rocket science to work out what you need to do to achieve your goals anymore. And and for those for those listening, as, as Steve said, there, he's talking about the tool, the Goals Buddy. So the Goals Buddy is available on, on uh, the Pittard website through, through Pittard Plus. And it's, it's right there. And as you say, you type in your average fee, you type in what your CI is, if there's a marketing levy, and it does everything else for you. Gives you an annual, yeah. gives you a quarterly, everything. Yeah, look, we only use the quarterly one. If you're looking at the annual one, that's just, you know, you can work that out at the end of the year if it all worked out. But I think most people, you, you need to have these worked out on a quarterly basis to see if you're on track or not. Okay, okay. No, no point using a yearly one. That's look. That's in my but maybe other people see it different. No, in all fairness, it was a question I was going to ask you: is is what time frames do you do you concentrate on with your salespeople? So when you're putting a plan together, Steve, with your guys, and you've yep. got those. So and let's use let's use what's your new guy's name? Sorry, if we can use him. Uh, Goran. Goran. G O R A N. Goran. Yeah. Goran. So with, with Goran, he's got a target of of twenty four sides for the quarter, which is going to net him twenty eight thousand dollars. After, yep. after everything. So yep. do you then take Goran's plan and you say, right, this is how many sides a quarter. Do you then break it down into this is how many listings a month or do you say, yeah. yep? Yeah, yeah. So, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly what I do. So I've got his plan in front of me here. So April, he needed four listings, three sales, four APAs. would give him six sides. He carried six listings into the quarter. Yes. Would have given him 10. So then we... Um, May would be four listings plus seven carried into the month because they didn't all sell last month. So, which gives you three sales, four APAs, nine sides, which meant five of his listings sold if he only made that many sales himself. So, it all works out um, right for each month. And then I will give him, well, based on that plan, this is how many listings you should carry into July. Yes. Yes. And then we can work on the, on the September quarter. You, you said something there that I, I think that that's a that's an important subtlety that you just mentioned when when you said he carried X already into the quarter. So his listing target is not only determined upon um, 
how many of them he's hoping to, to sell, you're also putting that into context of how many he's already carrying. At, so yes. it's not always yeah, yeah. just if there was a deficit, it's what the total number he wants to be in that month. Is that right? Exactly, yeah. Right, yep. okay. okay. So so you're actually, you'll prob- would you come to a quarter with a plan and then refine it monthly? Is that what you're doing there? Yeah, well, I don't know if you can see that there, but that's exactly, you can see the red figures. Yes, yes. On it. Yep, got it. Yep. Oh, we're, doing this, we're doing a Zoom thing, I should have said. But, but um, that's all right. yeah, oh, we, we'll adjust it. We'll adjust it. Oh, um, you know, one of the things we, we give him, for example, is a- anything that's not done has got to be carried forward to the next month. Yes. Yeah, otherwise it doesn't work. The whole thing just turns to rubbish. If you, if you don't carry forward and, you know, if you say, oh, you want to make five sales and you made eight, and then you had five next month and you only did three. Well, it's the same deal. Yeah, okay. Yeah. It all, all, works, all works itself out. Yeah, wonderful. Um, you know, you go over that, fantastic. You, 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 you've done better. But, um, yeah, that's by discipline, I, as I said, do his plan here. So I've got the words. By discipline, I mean it must be followed re- religiously daily and if for any reason you fall beyond, you must catch up and carry the fall beyond on to the next day even. Right. And where it's did that plan live for Goran? Is that in his, in his, where, where, where can he see that whenever he wants? He's got a copy of it. I've got a copy of it. We, we look at it every week. Fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah. Okay. So, you so look, you're looking at it weekly. You, you play this. And again, I'm just breaking this down for the listener because this is, yes. this is, this is good stuff. So we're, we're at the beginning of the quarter, we're assessing what we want from the quarter. We're turning that into a sides target for the quarter. We're then breaking that down into three months worth of results. However, yep. then not only looking at that monthly, you're also then refining that weekly. So you're looking at results on a monthly perspective, but then actions on a weekly perspective. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Wonderful. And we can see how we're going. So the, the old thing, Adam, is panic early. Yes. Yeah. I'll tell you when I talk about it, make sure you call the hotline. Just don't call the hotline the last week of the quarter when I'm on it. Right. I, um, <laughs> Too late to panic. <laughs> it's all over. Don't you love those calls? Yes. Yeah. Um, How do I turn it all around? Well, you can't at this yeah, point. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's really important that they do panic early. And it's one of the things the system always had in it panic early. Yeah. Because if you do, um, you'll do the actions quicker than, than waiting to two weeks to go and wondering, that, wondering how it's all going to work out. Yeah, wonderful. Well, I'll tell you how it's all going to work out. Doesn't? Yeah. Too late. Yeah. Okay. It's amazing when people, when they do struggle like that, and then they they start to ramp their actions up. How good uh, their next quarter is. Yeah. Um, now, having said that, um, we did this plan because Goran did start behind the eight ball. He, he at the start of the quarter, but he's leading the board now. So he went started from way behind. And he's way in front. Wonderful. Yeah. And what do you put that down to, anecdotally? Um, he's got a good work work ethic. Yes. Um, and he wants to succeed. And, and he's following a plan rather than just everything being reactive. Right. And he yeah. like he he's a guy you point. And I know we're using him as the example um, at mm-hmm. this episode, but he is the guy following that plan. He he actually mm-hmm. is doing that. Yeah. What what do you do? Like when, when in the past you've seen salespeople who work for you that you do this level of planning with them, but they don't execute the plan. How do you like, or, or if someone who doesn't have a leader working that closely and they've got to lead themselves with it a bit, what, what would you say to someone who's not fallen behind necessarily? Well, I guess on the actions, yes, but 
they've just stopped following the plan. What would you encourage them to do with some of the, the immediate steps? Well, they've got to follow. They've got to get back on and follow the plan. Or otherwise, you, you're just hoping and praying that something happens. And we've all done well. We've all done that in real estate. Yes. Don't, uh, everyone here has followed a plan and everyone here has not followed a plan, myself included. Yes. Yeah. 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 We all do it. We all think we're better than we are and, and everything will be fine. And, and sometimes you get lucky and you might get lucky for three months. You might get lucky for six months. Hmm. But at some point it's going to bite you on the ass. Yeah. And sometimes it bites you a lot quicker than, than what you think it's going to. And it's no different than the graphs you've, you, you've drawn before, Adam, where, you know, you've got that graph that goes up and down, up and down like a roller coaster. So the, 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 all of a sudden your actions are through the roof, but your results are down because you're getting paid back for six weeks ago. Yes, absolutely. Um, so sometimes you can still uh, arrest that slide if it's early enough in the quarter and you panic early, but you, you, the last month of the quarter with two weeks to go, with three weeks to go, it's too late. Mm-hmm. You will come good, but you'll come good three weeks into the next quarter. Yep. Yep. Yeah, so you'll make it up. You'll make it up um, if you're fair income about it, but you sh- it shouldn't have to get to that is what I'm getting at. Um, and it does with a lot with a lot of people. But I think most people's problem is that they don't uh, they don't have a why, mm-hmm. and the minute they lose that why is is when all the problems stem. And there's there's no there's no goal set. Um, and they turn the job. Well, real estate is a career; it's not a job. But too many investors treat it as a job. Yeah, they treat it as a job. These are my days I work, and these are days I don't. And you know what? We've been lucky in the last two years that you can do that. Even in Melbourne through lockdowns, you could do that and get away with it. Yeah, but time is coming where you won't be able to do that anymore. That that that's finished. Yeah, I think that change is already here. Yeah. Oh, it's here. Yeah. Don't worry. Yeah. Yeah. We're putting things online now that you, that if I would have put it on six weeks ago, we'd have twenty people turning up to buy. Absolutely. Absolutely. Nothing. Yep. Yep. All of a sudden, you're yeah. checking if the phones are still connected. You're sending yourself an email to make sure it's it's gone online properly. So yeah, I've done that. Yep. <laughs> um. In 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 winning ways, we not only speak about that that monthly planning, but we also have the the outline called the next seven day outlook, which is the the, the weekly planning, and it gives some tips on on some daily perspectives as well. What do you um, what do you or how are you sort of teaching your team about what they've got to bring to the table for those weekly and daily planning? What are some of the things you talk to them about there? Um, well, we got two sorts of team members here. We got people who've been here a long while. Yes. So they've been here a long while. They they do whatever they they want to do as far as we're concerned. You know, they're twenty years, fifteen years, never never let you down. Um, type type people. So the conversations with them are different than what I'd have with Goran. Yep. Well, let's let's stay on Goran. The majority of our audience are probably more similar to Goran. Let's. What would you? What would a conversation with you and him look like? The conversation with the new people more more around how they're going, what do they need help with, what have they done today. Um, he reports to me. So th- one of the things with this plan is I get a report sent through to me every night. Okay. So I know what's going on. At the end of the day, just send me through your your prospecting uh, numbers. Um, I'm just sorry, I'm just getting to it. So daily worksheet, I called it. Emailed or photo sent to, to me at the end of each night. How many calls made? How many appointments made? How many entries to his database? How many buyer appointments attended? How many listing appointments attended? 
are there any database entries in arrears? Uh, and then down the bottom, weekly figures. So they, they just go up each day, buyer appointments for the week. So a slash within his figure that he had to do, he's listing appointment totals for the week and the um, total calls for the week and just tallies up each day. Yes. So yes. what that does is um, two things. It keeps, I suppose, him on track mm-hmm. where he he should be. Um, because if I think if he, if, and I made the, I've made the mistake many, many times with, with a lot of them and not doing something like that and they get off track. And it's not really their fault. It's, it's my fault for not keeping keeping an eye on it. And before you know it, the database calls are miles in arrears. Um, you know, you call them and they've they listed three weeks ago. Because the problem the problem with real estate, especially new people, is that things come at you daily. Um, try, there's always some sort of drama that 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 comes at you daily. If you haven't got rigid guidelines, you need to stay inside. Um, before you know it. You, the week's over and you've had one listing appointment and you've called 25 people and sorted out 15 dramas. Yeah. 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 And, and I think that's most new people's biggest biggest challenge at the start. They spend so, so long on the minor things that could be um, sorted out a lot quicker because they don't have um, they don't have rigid actions that they need to do each day. Yeah. So they take a lot longer to do something. Um, than what they should take. And, and even if they, they do have those rigid actions, sometimes they lack someone who they're accountable to and who's checking in on them to say. And what we're talking about, Steve, again, we, we spoke about this last week at the leadership seminar and, and, and Andrew Trim went into it with a lot more a lot more detail than you and I will here, but we're talking about micromanagement. And, and that is a, that's an important phase of anyone's career. And especially, as you say, if, if you're coming to real estate and you don't yet have a gold badge strapped to your lapel. Um, you you want to be calling out. I would encourage you to call out your leader, your, your manager, and say, "I need you to micromanage me for this part of my career, so that yes. I can I can be told what the actions to do, do those actions, and be held to account." Because that's going to train you and teach you of what success in real estate actually looks like. Yeah, yeah, I I, I think so. It, it's I don't like doing it. And I, don't, I doubt they like it either, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, I know when I first started, Mike used to do it with me. I was like, geez, it, it does, did your head in. But, but I know that by him doing that, it, it um, allowed me to um, get better yeah. and help me accountable. Yeah, wonderful. Which is, yeah. that's, aren't they two key things we're all looking? I mean, really, at any point of our career, we want to be held to account and we want to get better, but certainly early on as well, it's it's imperative that we are we are doing both of those things. 100%, yeah. Yeah, excellent. I, I wanted to ask you a bit of a, a, a sideways question here, and, and I know we've spoken about Goran, but I want to, I want to come on to you, Steve, the salesperson. Mm-hmm. Can, you, can you remember early in your career when, when you sat down and either through the help of Michael or you yourself, you set and executed and, and succeeded a plan. Does, does something like that come to mind when I throw that at you? Yeah, look, I, I suppose if I go all the way back, I'm talking 1999, um, I th- honestly, I think things were a little bit easier then. I don't know. In that, it wasn't easier to find listings. It wasn't easier to make sales, but there were no distractions. Right. So, the, you know, as far as a distraction went on your mobile phone would be playing Snake. Yeah, that that was it on the old Nokia. Yeah, right? that's yep. as, that's as far as you could get with a distraction. Yes. And um, when I first started Brian Mark, we didn't have computers. There was no, 
we didn't have a computer. We didn't have email. And I remember we used to come to seminars and that, Pittard seminars, and they, people would talk about their websites. And I think, mate, we didn't even have one. We didn't have any of that. Love it. So there was no distractions. Yep. Um, and as far as my goal was, I back in the day, it was the same thing. Well, well, I listened to all the tape, you know, I'll show my age here, but, yeah, everything was on tape. Mm-hmm. Um, and I listened to the tapes. And all I wanted to do, you know, I heard guys like Frank Barrett um, talking on his little tape and, I just wanted to get a gold batch. So my plan was all I had to do was 100 sides. And I knew if I did 10 sides a month, that could allow for a few fallovers and I'd be fine. Yes. And that's, yes. that's, that's all that went, went through my head. I, I can't remember what the book it was. I did, oh, look, I read a lot in, the, in my first year. And that comes back, to, once again, no distractions, no Netflix, no, no all this shit that, that's around these days. So I read 60 books in my first year, which is, you know, I don't know. Five and five. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I went from being hopeless, not really knowing what I was doing, to um, having knowledge that was stuck in my head that I didn't know where it had come from, I suppose, mm-hmm. and, and getting back onto the books. One of those things was I wanted to um, – uh, I did the um, – I suppose, uh, the, what was it called, the wish list or something, and I wrote re- a million different things out. And it's surprising, but um, I can't find it now. I've looked through everywhere and I just can't find where it was. But but I know what a lot of the things were on it and a lot of those things I have achieved, which I never thought I, I would achieve. Yes. But rolling back to, yeah, what were my plans? Well, my simple plan back then was I want a goal. And at that time there were only goals as high as it went. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it seems, you know, you needed 100 size and 250,000. Well, 250,000 now, some guys do that in two weeks. But... I'm talking our size back then were twelve hundred bucks. Yeah, twelve hundred. Yeah, you know, if you got a double header at three thousand eight hundred, you're wrapped. Um. <laughs> Mate, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> I mean, I, I kicked off my career in two thousand and three, and and I know I, like a double header for us back then. Like if you if you got five thousand dollar double header, you you must have just sold the biggest house in the area. Like it was. Yeah, it was yeah, nuts. yeah. You're wet yeah. your pants. Yep. But yeah, so there was a lot of size needed to to get a gold badge. Um, so that that was, and, and this is, I suppose, go back to new people that can't think of anything or I've had them come in, new people come in with all sorts of weird goals, you know, really low um, and then ridiculously high as well. Right. And the, 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 the hard things, I suppose, is finding that balance in the, in the middle. Um, and those that have come in with sort of balanced goals, I've had no trouble over the years when they first start getting to, those, to achieve those. Yeah, yeah. Um, those that come in with really low ones, well, most of them, well, they, none of them work for us anymore. And those that come in with ridiculous ones, um, same same sort of thing. You, you, you got to tone them down a bit. I found, um, and we had this recently with uh, with Nick, who works uh, who works for myself in in my office. So he um he he said to me a few months back that you know he'd love to set a goal of of actually buying a jet ski. And I actually said to him, I said, mate, that's not a goal, like. Fair income, you could go down the street right now and buy a jet ski. Like, like either pull out money out of your bank account or you could put on the mm-hmm. credit card. I mean, realistically speaking, you can go get a jet ski this afternoon. And and what we actually spoke about for him was... I, I can trump you with that. Yes. I should be listening too. But this is her husband who wanted a fishing rod. A fishing rod. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, but that's a perfect example of what I'm about to say is, is I, I said to Nick, don't confuse the idea of a goal with reward. And, and there's nothing wrong with rewarding yourself, but that that's not the goal. So Nick Nick had been chasing down a platinum badge. And I said, mate, when you get the platinum badge, 
reward yourself with, yeah. with a jet ski. The jet ski is not the goal, but that's the thing to say, I got that jet ski as a result of, of doing all of yeah. this. And so there's when you've got sometimes these people who come in with lower goals, like I want to get a new outdoor setting for the deck or the fishing rod or something or a pen, yeah. that's a reward. And let that be a symbol of, yeah. of, of achieving that goal. So I think yeah. sometimes those small rewards throughout the year, though, they can be really beneficial to you as well. Yeah, look, I... I I must admit, I'm a pen man myself, so I, I have bought a, a number of them over the years, and I did reward myself down that way. Um, watches I like too, but I'm not the hundred thousand dollar watch man that Andrew's talking about, so don't. <laughs> <laughs> just, just, just small things like like that. I I have enjoyed over the years, but but yeah, going back to when I first started, it was all about the gold badge. Yes. Um, yeah. What did I use the money for? The the money was a bonus. I just focused on the sides. Yeah. Um, at that stage, any money that came along was was the was the bonus that, that came with the with the doing the sides. But I, I was too embarrassed to turn up at winning ways. I didn't want to, I didn't want a blue badge on yeah. at winning ways. I wasn't interested in. I think they're green now, but but you know back in the days they were they were blue. But yeah, I didn't, I didn't want to be one of those guys. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I wanted it changed and as quickly as I could change it. It was all it was all about that early early days for me. And that's why I got no problems with new people that want to do that or want to get to platinum or diamond or whatever they want to do. Um, what they do with the money is there is the hard one. You can't you can't tell them that they have to have this or they have to have that. Um, you, you you'll never convince someone that that this is what they need to do. You, you can sort of head them down the right right track of maybe buying investment property or having a share portfolio or having so much cash in the bank. Yeah. And, and it is yeah. um, it's satisfying for me when I see those people, um, their bank balance comes up. You know, I try to get them when they start to, to open a, well, back in the day, I used to call it just an ING account and put 10% of their bonus and 10% of their pay in, which is the basically the richest man in Babylon. Yeah. And get them to read that book. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but even that, you can't make them keep that money in there. Uh, and that's a great book too, getting on books, Richest Man in ba- Babylon for anyone that hasn't read it. First starting in real estate, it was the first book that Michael ever gave me. Um, you know, I, I don't know if it was in the system or not back then, but somehow he gave me that book. And so you'll you knock it over in one night. So. Mate, I, I, I just letting you finish that, but I, I agree. It used to, it used to sit on my desk. I had these five key books of my life and George Clayson's The Richest Man in Babylon was one of them. I remember just being... Like that that just mentally transformed. I remember walking into Trimmy, my principal at the time, and saying, it says here, if he teaches everyone to be the rich individual, we'll be the richest city in the world. And you're like, so we just got to teach everyone to be a success and we'll be the most successful real estate agency in the area. And it it was these simple philosophies yeah. that just change. They rewire yeah. your brain, some of these books. They just do. They do, yeah. It's, it's, it really is a great book. For, any, for anyone that hasn't read it, get it. Absolutely, absolutely. It'd be about ten bucks. It's yes. the thinnest little book you'll ever read. It is, and I love small books. You say you read sixty books, but when you read those small ones, you knock over. You're just like, yeah, I read a whole yeah. book tonight. It's just been. I know. I, got, I, I I had one year I wanted to do thirty, and um, <laughs> and um, I mean, I've done about twenty nine. It was getting towards the end of December, and Brad Besser used to work for us. Bought me a um as a joke. Um, Mr. Small or something like that. Oh, yes. And I went, here you go. <laughs> 30, tick. See, love it. you got to have your cheer squad, mate. Yeah. you got to have those people yeah. rooting for your successes. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I love it. I love yeah. it. Hey, um, I, 
I don't want to keep you for, for too long. There's a couple of more things I want to throw at you, but it was just expanding on something you were saying there. You, you know, it was funny you said with Gold Badge, you, you didn't worry about the money, you, you focused on the sides. And, and I often see that now. And, and even as a group, we've evolved and we talk, even in our results, we, we just went through the, the dollars that people do in a month. We talk both sides yeah. and dollars because it is a different yeah. measure. But by the sounds of it, you get your guys focusing more on the sides. That's where your, your conversation yeah, comes yeah, back yeah. to. And what, from your perspective, Steve, well, I'll tell you why, why because, yeah, my, my, that's what we used to call a pretend measurement in the old days. Yeah. Do, dollar value of sides. It's, it's, to me, it's, um, and I, no disrespect to you, but I don't take any notice of that one when it comes out. Yep. Um, highest amount of dollars for this. Because you could sell something, you could make three sales and win that one. To, to me, it's always the guy that does the most amount of sides is the winner as far as I'm, yes. I'm concerned. Um, that, that shows that, that you're doing more, more work than, mm-hmm. than anyone, anyone else. And, and yeah, it, you can't, uh, you, I don't think you can, you can judge how much, how much money's going to coming in. And unless you go, well, I'm just going out to this one area where they're all $3 million joints and I'm going to try and list out there yeah. non-stop. Yeah. Um, I've always been just about just about sides, um, mm-hmm. not, not about the, the dollars. The dollars will always take care of themselves if you do enough sides. Yeah. And what, what benefits do you find that comes back to with your planning if you're just focusing on sides? What other benefits does that bring to the table? Well, it's easy to work out. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's a simplistic figure that these are how many sides I need to get. Mm-hmm. If you said I need to get this much money, I think you 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 start focusing on the the wrong wrong things. Or you 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 have removed. I don't, I don't think you can plan for money. Okay. How do you know? How do you know what um what house you're going to list as far as what it, what it's worth. And are you going to turn it down? Oh, sorry, this is below like what, what, the, what my goals require. I'm not interested in this listing, of course. Yeah, not. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, it's impossible to. Yeah. To, um, yeah, it's, it's not, in all my years, I've never with anyone said, right, we're going to work it out on, you can work your whole, you can work your, um, so somebody said to me, you know, go on one of 28,000 in net, a net bonus. So I'm, I'm talking dollars there. But I'm not talking dollars when it comes to um, well, these are the listings you need to get. We'll get that one. You get a twenty thousand commission there. You you, you you can work it out. And I can sometimes I do do that when they come to me and, and they're panicking. Yes. And get I'm not going to make it. I'll say well, let's look at what you got on hand. Okay, let's look at and then I'll work the dollars out. And I saw I say to them well, as far as I'm concerned, you've got you know your your base is sixty two thousand four hundred. Looking at all this. You have in my book uh, fifty five thousand in the bank, so it's going to be fine. We just need to get them sold. Okay. Get them down, get them sold, and it would relieve a lot of the pressure when they're they're going to the house. Yes. When they think oh, I'm not going to make it, and it was it, most of the time uh, when I spoke in in that manner to them, you got fifty five thousand in the bank based on what what you've currently got listed. All we got to do is um, uh, what do we call them these days? ROP. Yep. Those, those properties. Yep. Um, and once we do that, then that money rolls in and, and everything's fine. So it can relieve pressure off poor performing sales, but when they have listings and you look at it that way, that's the only mm-hmm. time I would look at the, the money side of... Yep, but there's value in that because if you're, 
and that helps with your attitude. And once you get your attitude back right, you feel back in control again, okay? That's it. Okay. Yeah, look, and I had uh, one guy, he doesn't work for us anymore, he left, but he was with us for 13 years and he's out of real estate. But I found that that used to calm him down straight away when I could say, well, mate, it's not as bad as you think it is. It's never as bad as you think it is and it's never as good as you think it is. Yeah. Um, but those people that are always head down the bad, bad road, you can straighten them up pretty quick. Now, if they've got no listings, then you're in trouble. Yeah. Yeah, no, but that's the only time money would come into it with me as, as far as commissions rather than sides. If we're talking there about about some of the things, for, and again, this is just your perspective, but but what what else would you try and avoid in your planning? What would you try and steer away from when you're setting a plan? We've spoken about some good elements. What are some stuff you'd try and steer clear of? Um, the main a plan to me, Adam, is the most sim- the more simplistic it is the easier it is to, to follow. So I, I don't go for any things that are super super hard for them to do. Yeah. You know, I'll, I'll give you a Goran's one, for example. It's it's not outrageous. 205 calls a week, mm-hmm. five buyer appointments, plus any – their appointments, and it doesn't include opens, two listing appointments per week, one APA appointment per week. That's it. Right. Simple. It's not outrageous. Yeah. Yeah. But but he and and look, it goes in a bit more than that with the his database and things like that. But you know, I break it down to it's a daily suggested. I give him a suggested diary. Yes. Okay. Yep. Write down the the hours. Now, whether he follows that or not, I, I had this discussion with him today. I reckon he's following it maybe seventy percent. I would say. Now, give an example. Monday was. Nine to ten follow-up weekend buyers, ten to eleven prospect your database, so many calls, eleven to twelve your to-do list, one to two meet with me, two to four take a buyer out or a listing, or twenty calls, whatever whichever one comes, um, four to six plus a listing, a buyer, or twenty calls, whatever comes. Okay. So it's it's that was just to try and straighten him up a bit because he he got off track a little bit. So. Um, I know I wouldn't do that with most of the other the other guys, but 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 new people, it was all about straightening them up and, and saying, well, this is what you should be doing at that time. So you get a buyer appointment in, push it into the times I've given you, so you can do the other things. It's when it becomes haphazard and they throw it in all over the place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we spend a lot of time on his diary too. Most people, we we use um, we're old school here, so we still use a writ, um, handwritten diary. Yeah, yeah. lying down the centre. Your to-do list on the right-hand side and your appointments on the left-hand side and, and colour-code them, for God's sake. Because if they're not colour-coded, I can't look at it and help you. I don't know what the hell you're doing if they're not colour-coded. There's just scribble in there. Absolutely. And, and you don't. You might think you'll remember as well, and what Steve's talking about there is orange for your buyers, yellow for your listings, um, greens for your seller visits. You, you might think you know what it is, but you look back in a month or two months where you go to track your ratios you'll see names and addresses in there that, that bear no memory whatsoever. You've got no no idea what they were. Absolutely. Absolutely. 100%, yeah. yeah. And, look, that goes with your database, or if, whether you're using an electronic database or whether you're using cards. If you don't write enough down, you think, I'll never forget that. Yeah, you will. Yeah, absolutely. And we've got people here who wouldn't remember what they had for lunch. <laughs> I love it. I, I think I, I, in all seriousness, like I said what to avoid there, but that that's actually some some crucial little things there that you mentioned. You know, um, what I liked about Goran's plan there is when you said from two to four, a buyer or a listing, 
But if they don't come 20 calls, and what you're talking about there is a default task. So obviously having a default task is also part of your planning that you encourage for your team as well so that they're always maintaining a, a level of productivity. Yeah, I wouldn't say the whole team, but but it's 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 what what we try. Well, what I've always tried to do with new new people, just to straighten them up and get them going down the right road. And don't worry, they'll get off it at some point, and it'll all turn to shit again. And then we'll straighten them up again. And um, but I think if they got the basics, they know how to do it. Yes, um, they can always get themselves out of out of trouble. Yeah, wonderful. Um, yeah, but it's, it's once again, it's that um, that panic early mentality that that most people don't have. Yeah, that causes the problems. Yeah, down the track. And you can only panic, can't you, Steve? If you if you're tracking, if you're monitoring, if you don't know where you're at for the month, if you don't know what you're doing, panic panic's not going to lead to anything because you've you know you, you've got no idea what you've done today, where you're at, where you're heading. Yeah, a hundred percent. Look at and and. Look, it comes back to the whiteboard in your office and everything. Those that don't run with a whiteboard, those that don't look at their whiteboard regularly, um, you, well, you won't panic. And if you've got a leader that's not making you panic, um, the, the first time you panic is when you get a warning letter. Yeah. Too late. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. And at that stage, you've, you've, you've got the wrong behaviours in grade in, in you in, in any case. So, yeah. So, Steve, um, anything else you want to you want to add before we we wrap up this conversation around planning? Anything else you just want to make sure that lo- the listener some key points to take away or key things that you'd ensure that that you'd you'd love to see them doing? I think what I mentioned at the start, Adam, is that they really need to listen before they go to any of this planning. They really need to listen to Peter's um, I train episode on on goals. Yes, that'll that'll sort of send them down the right path of what they want, um, how to work it out, um, and then it's really up to them. And, and, and really get on um, Pitar Plus and look at, um, look at the goals, buddy. If you're not using the goals, buddy, it's probably one of the, the best tools new people can have. Yes. It, it yes. really is. It's really – if the, you don't know the figures, ask your leader. The leader will give you the gross average selling fee. The leader will give you what percentage of your ones are PI – what the PI is, most places will be um, charged 20%. Uh, marketing levy, most places will be 10%. But well, just find out from him what it is, plug your figures in, and you've got that sort of ready reckoner there to, to work out what you, what you need to do. Mm-hmm. And then from there, you, you, it's it's fairly simplistic to work it out. But um, the thing with all guys, the, the, the price has to be paid in advance. You ain't getting any of them unless you do the work. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You, you can write. Nothing frustrates me more than people that write them down and don't do the work and go, well, that didn't work. No, no, shit, it didn't work. <laughs> you didn't do anything else. You just wrote it down yeah. and hope for the best. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, do, do what you're supposed to do. Decide what you want. Put on paper, effectively prospect, and then follow it up effectively. And, and it, it all works. It, it all works every time. I think it's also a good, it's a good perspective that you touched on earlier, but this, this might be something even, even for those established salespeople or, or not even really established, but those who've been in it for the last couple of years, you might have gotten away with not doing this as, as, part, of your, as part of your day-to-day and, and now maybe an opportunity if, if things aren't falling the way they are to go back and really pull apart and look at your, your, your daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly planning. Yeah, yeah. And look, I think we have to. One of the things with this system and I was just having this conversation with a couple of guys today. This this system's designed for the market we're coming into. 
Yeah. I, I believe, and I know people have been saying it's been a boom and things like that, but I, I always find whenever there's a boom, it's harder um, because the, the, the DUD agents get listings, they tell lies and they sell. Yeah. Um, when it tightens up, this, this whole system, if followed properly, you'll make more money than you made in a, in a boom market. The only thing that goes up in a boom market in my as far as I'm concerned, are the prices. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't. I don't believe a lot of us. Our results don't. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've always found in the twenty odd years I've been here, we we have always performed better in a market that's not a boom. Okay. Market. Yeah. In, in be that a falling market or a steady market, we we tend to do better because they can't get the prices down. They don't deal with the owners properly. They have no systems in place, and they run around like chooks with their head cut off. So if you have a a plan in place that mar- that oh, I wouldn't be panicking if I'm new. Oh, the market's the sky's falling in. No, this, this is a great market for us go- going forward because the whole system was always designed for a market that that's not a boom market. Yeah, and, and that, that that's my whole thing. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, bring the interest rates up, rip the prices back. Fantastic. I couldn't care less. Fantastic. Give the opportunity for 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 skill to really shine. One hundred percent, and yeah, and if you're not, if you haven't got skill and you and you don't follow up, um, yeah, you'll be you'll be out that quick. It won't won't be funny, but this gives you a, a chance to put yourself back on the train tracks and, and do everything right. So you know, your question early days was about winning ways and that, and I suppose what it does do for our guys is it puts them back on those train tracks and says, well, this is what I got to do at this point. This is what I got to do at this point. There's a whole system's there. Yes. And and the, the one thing that all diamond badge people have is is this that none of them ever said it was easy, but all of them have always said it was well worth it. And all of them have always made a a big claim that they follow the the system to the letter. You know, you, you can roll it all the way back to I forget the girl that works with Frank Pike. Sandy Rogers. Sandy Rogers. You know, roll it all the way back to, to her winning um it was a fantastic effort. Uh, improve of the year, one or two years in a row. Yes, and yes. And, and I always remember her thing was she pulled the manual apart. And and anyone that's first starting, that's all they need to do, is pull that manual apart, um, read ten pages a day in in twenty odd days. It's finished. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it's finished and start again and just start again and start again. It doesn't take long. It takes less than the, the shit they talk around the coffee machine each day. And in a year, they'll be a great real estate agent, mate. That's great advice and a, and a great way to, to finish off to finish off this discussion. I really um I really appreciate that. So, mate, um, on Sorry, behalf- first of all, mate, you can take those words out. Cut mate. them out. <laughs> no, mate. We'll we'll leave it raw. Real. We just might we might just <laughs> decrease the volume of it. But, mate, um, look, really, on 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 from myself and on behalf of the entire winner circle, mate. Thanks for that. Really, really do appreciate. Um, that perspective. I think that's really good practical advice you've, uh, you've imparted us with today. Thanks for that. Thanks, Adam. Guys, as always, we like to finish up the podcast just by mentioning to you who's what, what's up and coming with regards to the winner circle. So a couple of things I just want to make mention of within the uh, episode description, you're going to see a link down the bottom there to, to that program that Steve mentioned a couple of times done by Peter Tran uh, a, a while back on goals, and that's the goals workshop. So there'll be a link to that. There's also a link there for, for the goals buddy as well. I mean, easy to find on Pitard Plus, 
but to make it even easier for you. Click on that link there. Um, if you're not a member of the Winner's Circle, though, we are talking about programs and tools that you don't actually have access to. So if you're interested in... Um, exploring your options with with the, the winner's circle and and as the leader's circle please do reach out to us at the winner's circle dot real estate um, send an inquiry through there one of the one of the members of our sales team will definitely be in touch with you and talk to you about how you can look to to joining the winner's circle via a leader circle agency but coming up as well, um, we've got the hotline that we, we mentioned a fair bit in this episode. So as always, we've got some great people manning the, uh, the hotline for us. Kirsten Benton from King & Heath First National in Victoria. Rion Kerwin, one of the owners of Drummond Real Estate in, uh, in Albury-Wodonga there. Todd Pierce, who we mentioned in the results. Uh, Todd had, um, had some of his, his team uh, performing there in the top list for the month. So Todd's always someone that you can you can lean on with a great wealth of knowledge. And Andrew Kerr, also from Victoria, uh, someone who not only lives and breathes sales, but also lives and breathes leadership. So great, get some great perspectives from Andrew there. We also want to make mention of some programs we've got coming up, some live events. We've got Winning Ways is next going to be presented in Auckland. So if you're looking for an excuse to jump over to, to New Zealand, uh, Winning Ways in Auckland from the 27th through to the 29th of June might be that reason that you're looking for. We've also got the Agency Profit System in Melbourne from Monday the 18th through to Friday the 22nd of July. And it's never too early to start thinking about the uh, our annual convention, which is going to be held in Sydney this year. It's going to be a fantastic three days, um, a real estate specific day one with some great guests and live interviews. But we're also fortunate enough to have Jeb Blunt, uh, author of uh, Fanatical Prospecting, Inked, uh, Overcoming objections, just just some great books that he's written uh, originally from his from his sales blog called Sales Gravy. So Jeb's going to be spending two days with us at the convention, twenty first, twenty second, and twenty third of November. Start putting some plans into place around that now because it's going to be a, a phenomenal convention and one that uh, that you don't want to miss. So. Again, uh, please, if you've enjoyed this episode and you haven't already, please do subscribe to the podcast through the platform that you're listening to it on now. And until next month, uh, happy selling. Ooh, oh.